Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Justin Kaufman, and this is Reset. The president is in Kenosha today. The lakeside city in between Chicago and Milwaukee was the site of protests and looting after a black man was shot in the back seven times by police officers just a week ago. And two people were shot dead by a 17-year-old from Antioch, Illinois, who came there as part of a call to arms by various militia groups in the area. Coming up, we'll talk to a Wisconsin lawmaker and a leader of the newly created Black Lives Matter group in Kenosha. But first, Gina Barton is an investigative reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and is covering Trump's visit to Kenosha. Gina, welcome to Reset. Thanks for having me. So again, as we record this podcast, President Trump is on his way to Kenosha. What do we know about where he's going and who he's going to meet with? The plan for Trump today is he's going to have a meeting at a high school with some of the law enforcement involved in trying to keep the peace in Kenosha. And then he's going to tour some of the damage that's been done in the town over the past week or so. Well, there are several different ways that this president uh, deals with the press and, and, and speaks to the cameras. Do you have any idea of what kind of vibe it's going to be? Is it going to be more talking to reporters? Is it going to be more rally? What are we thinking about when the president actually addresses people? When the president addresses people, I'm not thinking there are going to be big crowds. We've heard nothing about a public speech that he'll be giving. He's going to have a roundtable discussion with some law enforcement leaders. Got it. However, that doesn't mean that we aren't concerned about things getting out of control due to some of the divisive things he tends to say. He Before he got on, the, on Air Force One this morning, he, he said that uh, he's going to Kenosha because he was successful in encouraging the state to bring the National Guard in. And because of his efforts, we have seen less uh, protests. That is true in the sense that uh, it has de-escalated over the last couple of days. But, but what's the response to that, that the National Guard and, and the president's uh, urging is the reason that there has been a lack of unrest? Well, that's absolutely not true. The National Guard was here on Monday night. It was called out by our governor, Tony Evers. And on Tuesday night, when we had a triple shooting by a man claiming to be a member of militia, there were at least 250 National Guard troops on the ground. So President Trump did not call out the National Guard, and their presence has done very little, if anything, to quell the violence here. Gina, I'm I'm always intrigued because you know the, the president likes to play in big you know broad strokes to the country to to his Twitter followers and to his base. But how are people in Kenosha or in in Milwaukee and Madison responding to whether it's uh, taking credit for uh, de-escalation or um, in 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 essence essentially siding with Kyle Rittenhouse, the uh, shooter from Antioch, the 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 vitriol that comes out of of just the the debate that's happening nationally. How is that playing out on the street level in Kenosha, Milwaukee, Madison, places like that? It's playing out as you might expect. It seems like every time he weighs in, the divisions just get broader and wider. His supporters double down on their beliefs and social justice activists, Black Lives Matter protesters see this as confirmation that he doesn't care about them. What about the protests today? We talked to a protest organizer yesterday who said he was going to sit it out today. Um, Is there any sort of thought of, of any sort of protest that will be on display when the president arrives? The Reverend Jesse Jackson is trying to organize a community service project so that people who 
want to show their opposition to President Trump will be out cleaning graffiti, trying to repair some of the damage done rather than protesting. However, we do know of three different anti-Trump protests that are scheduled. Wisconsin lawmakers assembled after Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers called for a special legislative session on police reform, but it was immediately adjourned. I mean, it was a political farce. What, what happened there that with everything that's on the line right now, that this would lead to a gavel in and a gavel out in Madison, Wisconsin? They were literally in session for all of 30 seconds. <laughs> I think that just shows even more the partisan divide that we've got going on here. Governor Tony Evers, a Democrat, has been trying to put forward some police reform bills, improve police accountability. Republicans who control both chambers of the legislature don't seem to be too interested in his ideas, although they have put forth some ideas of their own. As that kind of plays out in Madison, how, how does that affect the way that people are are, are looking for justice or, or at least for some sort of uh, reaction to what happened to Jacob Blake? I think everybody is just confused about what's going on. No one feels like people in power are listening to them, no matter what side they're on. It's just a lot of chaos and confusion and disenchantment with the way the government is working here. There is a bill that a Republican legislator has put forth to look at police shootings and police use of force incidents kind of the same way they look at plane crashes to try and figure out how to prevent them in the future. I think that one might go somewhere because it's being put forth by a Republican who is a former police officer. Other than that, I am not sure what we'll see. Right. Gina Barton is covering uh, what's happening in Wisconsin. She's an investigative reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Always a pleasure to have you on the program. Gina, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Well, as we just mentioned, the, the president's trip is overshadowing the other big news. Democratic Governor Tony Evers called for state lawmakers to hold a special session on police reform. And Republicans responded by simply not showing up. They gaveled in, they gaveled out. The special session was immediately adjourned in 30 seconds until Thursday, where we might see some movement. We'll see what happens. Democrat Wisconsin lawmaker David Bowen represents Milwaukee in the Wisconsin State House, and he joins us now. State Representative Bowen, welcome to Reset. Thank you so much for having me. So first, what's your reaction to yesterday's special session? We can see is now uh, our state Republicans are being complicit in their understanding in action at this point uh, of the issue when people have been marching for uh, 90 plus days. I think today makes day 96 since the killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And people have been advocating for change. Now the state uh, assembly and Senate leaders um, are saying that they, with their silence, with their inaction, are co-signing the efforts of white supremacists riding around Kenosha uh, with pretty much impunity. They aren't being scrutinized by law enforcement. They aren't being investigated. And we know that their actions have led to actual deaths on the streets. Wisconsin Assembly Speaker Robin Voss uh, formed a task force to examine racial disparities in Wisconsin. But Governor Evers said that's not enough. Your thoughts on that? Is that not enough to, to at least start with a task force? I think the issue is, you know, we don't need to research research or have meetings just to have meetings when we need immediate action. Um, I clearly can tell from the other actions from our task forces from the state assembly, unfortunately, it's been all talk and no action. Uh, A number of bills have been proposed out of our task forces, but we know that's where they just go to die. Mm. And we need real action. We need 
our state Republicans. So why is it the occasion? Uh, we know that it's tough to, in this era of lacking bipartisanship and to be able to work together, but we need folks to have the courage to really do what it takes so that we can really transform our system of public safety so that it is community controlled, that it can be accountable to black people, and that law enforcement agencies will provide gold standard service to everybody, no matter the color of the skin. Well, Gina was just on telling us about uh, a Republican bill that, that might be taken up on Thursday that's more about preventative in the future. Is that something that you would uh, support, or is that, is that not go far enough? What's your thought on some of the bills that are coming up uh, for the session starting on uh, Thursday? Well, we know by state law, um, the governor has called special session, and our, our regular session has already ended. So any bill that was proposed for regular session has died. Uh, any bill outside of the nine bills the governor has brought forward in special session won't even get the chance to be voted on. The chance that Republicans had was to actually work with the governor and on this bipartisan and fairly moderate package of a first step to address law enforcement reform and accountability, and they're passing on that. And I think that's unfortunate because that forces the folks that are advocating for change to go even harder, to be even louder, um, to demand through their protests, through their efforts, to go even bigger and bolder in what they are asking for. Uh, we have to transform public safety in this country, in this state, and it can no longer just be accountable to white communities. So it's, it's important that we really get this right, that we get a chance to move the ball forward on these basic bills that we were asking for, you know, ending chokeholds, ending uh, no-knock warrants, but also standardizing use of force practices and procedures across the state so no matter where you may get in trouble no matter where there may be an officer that will try to abuse his power mm -hmm. or her power, that they are held accountable the same. President Trump's visiting Kenosha today. We've been talking about it all morning. What do you, what do you, what do you want to hear from him when he addresses the public? What do, what do you want uh, the president to say, and, and what are your expectations for his trip? Well, first, I think the president is going to Kenosha under, under the wrong pretenses. Um, he has fanned the flames of hate. Uh, and that has contributed to white supremacists being out in, in the streets, actually going on hunting sprees and pretty much buddying up with law enforcement uh, in, in Kenosha. It's really getting to a dangerous level. And I think the president's rhetoric, even just yesterday, defending uh, a murderer uh, who has ties to uh, white supremacist militias, um, coming across state borders and uh, shooting and killing two and injuring another. Um, it's insane that we are in the place that we're in right now, but it's the reality. The, the president that we have has fanned the flames with ads, millions of dollars in spending, trying to demonize protesters who are great Americans, but in his mind, in his purview, he wants to paint them as not the, the folks that want to the future, the best future mm -hmm. for this country. He wants to paint them as the folks that want to destroy this country. What do you want, what do you want him to say, though? What, what, comes from if you were writing the script, if you're writing the speech, I mean, he's a Republican, so at a certain point he's, he's uh, a different uh, ideology than you and, and the Democrats in Wisconsin. But, but what would you want him to say from his perch as the president if he speaks to the public today in Kenosha? If he is the healer in chief, he is going to acknowledge the pain that has been caused by state-sanctioned violence. He is going to repent 
for contributing to language and actions that have made this worse. Uh, continuing to just focus on law enforcement reactions and uh, sending in the National Guard uh, and taking away people's right to protest. We have folks that are being scrutinized, that are being harassed, that are being surveillance, uh, that are being arrested in unmarked vehicles um, by unmarked uh, law enforcement. And it, it, it is insulting that the president would come here to continue to fan the flames of hate. He needs to repent from that. He needs to address the pain that is being caused in our country and the lack of inaction to hold folks accountable who should be there to protect and serve everybody. That's Wisconsin State Representative David Bowen. Representative Bowen, thanks for making some time for us this morning. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Now let's turn to a member of the group Black Lives Activists of Kenosha, or BLAC. It's a new organization that was created in response to the police shooting of Jacob Blake. The group was on the front lines of protests and events this past weekend, and group member Dewan Wash joins us now. Dewan, welcome to Reset. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. What does your group feel about the president being in Kenosha, and what do you want him to say? Well, we're actually not at all focused on President Trump today. Folks and supporters of the Blake family are actually going over to a community celebration to celebrate the life of Jacob, as well as to clean up the community, provide some food, have some music. You know, we're not worried about the president. We know what the president is about. He's, he's divisive. He comes to fan the flames of hate and division, and we're just not going to give him that energy today. Mm-hmm. So what our focus is on is on the community. So you got, Black was, was formed as a response to the police shooting of Jacob Blake. So tell us a little bit more about why you decided to form this group. What what took you from, from the sidelines to, to actively participating in this protest? Well, my, my role in all of this is as a, a board member for them, helping to get them established. This is something that I, I've done nationally in terms of community-based organizing. I don't live very far from Kenosha, and I had to respond. And so when I did, I saw that, Folks like Jesse and Nick and Jarrell and Portia and Jason and Neil, you know, we're already on the front line responding to uh, the shooting of Jacob Blake. And my role as an organizer is to come in and to assist those folks in gaining some infrastructure, uh, doing some base building, explaining uh, the process very rapidly, of course, giving them a crash course in what community organizing is. Mm-hmm. Like the reality is that folks are marching in the streets for more than just Jacob Blake. Um, the, the folks that are in the group, some of them are unemployed. You know, some of them have criminal histories. Those are the reasons why folks are out marching into the streets, because it's not just about a reallocation of funds and defunding police and gaining uh, accountability. It's about change. It's about all of those things, you know? I'm fascinated too to get your response and reaction because we're in the we're in the thick of of a political campaign for the president of the United States. So you're seeing everything simplified, everything uh, that that is gray and complex being turned to black and white just for the purposes of playing to bases, both sides. There seems to be a desire to cast all of what we've seen, uh, whether it's at two o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the afternoon, is all the same, and that that seems to be the the rhetoric that is that is fueling a lot of this divisive fire. So. What do you say to that as somebody who has, who's on the front lines, who's helping people organize, who is a big part of the protest movement in Kenosha right now, to the way that this is being 
set up by national media and, the, and national politicians about what's happening in Kenosha? People need to focus. And, and one of the speeches I gave, I talked about America's loss is focus, right? Everything is divided and it's hard to focus right now. And we have to figure out a way how to get back uh, to being able to focus on, on what this was about, right? This is, is violent police, not uh, violent protesters. The protesters have been nonviolent um, since it happened. It's been the police who have been violent. And so the focus is being lost on, on all this other noise. And until we as a country come together and understand that racism, white supremacy, and systemic injustice is the elephant in the room, and that is where we have to start. You know, I, I'm not sure we can get anywhere. Uh, really, for me, it's 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 like we are um, being played, so to speak. You know, we have to figure out a way. How do we cut through all of that? Mm -hmm. How do we get down and back to the issues of recognizing one another's humanity? That's really what all of this is about. You know, we as black people are tired of fighting this fight. Policing in black communities has always been. Uh, geared towards racism, capitalism, and protecting white folks' money. You know, how, how do we reanalyze and re-envision what public safety looks like? Yeah. Dwan Wash is an activist with Black, Black Lives Activists of Kenosha, a group that formed shortly after the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Dwan, thank you for joining us here on Reset uh, to share your thoughts about what's happening in Kenosha. Appreciate it. Thanks. And that's today's Reset. For the latest news you can trust about your neighborhood and the world, tune to 91.5 FM or go to WBEZ.org. I'm Justin Kaufman. Thanks for listening to Reset, and we'll catch you right back here tomorrow. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.